With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The only thing that's different is the timing and a um, little bit of the a uh, little bit of the footwork, and uh, you're on another side of a double team, so it's a little different. Uh, you just have to have fast reactions on the inside because, like I said, the people are closer. But like you said, I've been I've been practicing there for a while and trying to take everything in stride and get better every day. That was that was new Vikings right guard at least for now, Ezra Cleveland, talking about his first experience playing a completely different position in his first NFL game. So we're going to talk uh, quite a bit of Vikings off the top with our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson joins for a scoop session in just a second. And write that down predictions on this Wednesday on Mackie and Judd. But a quick shout out to Federated. Federated Mutual Insurance Company has been supporting our local healthcare facilities and workers. Uh, specifically in Owatonna, they donated 18,000 N95 respirator masks to Owatonna Hospital and several outdoor blue lights for the Oatana Clinic building. Federated insurance employees are donating their time, talent, and financial resources to help our communities. And uh, they've also produced masks and face shields for healthcare workers and first responders and caregivers um, across that part of Minnesota. So Federated Insurance, always putting community first and always also putting your business first. Federated Insurance where it's our business to protect yours. TCL is a proud sponsor of the Score North Studios. Enjoy more of the things you love with TCL. These two guys have Minnesota sports flowing in their veins. Mackie and Judd on Score North and scorenorth.com. Like I said before, you know, I'm going um, bigger and better receivers, so you just have to, you know, learn what they like to do, um, um, study their um, strengths, their weaknesses. And you know, I just have to, you know, prepare for them throughout the week. You know, start with um, day one, so that Monday when we come in here, watch film, and get ready for the team we plan are facing, the receivers we're facing. You just have to, you know, um, know what they like to do and know what they're capable of doing, and just stay that throughout the week to prepare to um, play against them Sunday. Cam Dantzler, talented young cornerback, getting his PhD in how to cover top wide receivers like Julio Jones this season. It's trial by fire for those guys. It's a it's always trial by fire for us here when we bring our friend Doogie on because he has inside information about your favorite local sports teams and we go rapid fire. Uh, welcome to the Mackie and Judd show again, Doogie. A day earlier because you are uh, on a, spe- a special mission tomorrow. So what's going on with you? you? Got a new computer too. Very exciting. I do have a new computer. Yeah, good to see you boys. Yeah, happy Hump Day. Yeah, I don't know about a special mission, but I'm heading up to St. Cloud State hockey practice. So we found out Ooh. the other day that they're heading down to Omaha for for this bubble. So there's a story there to be told. And unlike the U, unlike some other teams in town, St. Cloud State is is happily granting us access. So we have access with masks on and everything. And we'll do interviews, you know, with, with a social distance and play with a mic stand. But yeah, I'll be up at St. Cloud State practice. 
tomorrow morning. So yeah, that's why I needed to join you today. St. Cloud State, man. Just this trendsetters. They, 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 they just really get it. They just know what they're doing up there. A lot, yeah. a lot of innovators. Yeah. A lot, a lot of, of innovators. innovators. The Gophers will not allow you into their practice with a mask, Doogie? Correct. Yeah. Don't okay. get me going, Judd. But yeah. I did not right know now, that. Not, I seriously didn't. It's, yeah. It's not a team policy. It's it's a university-wide policy. Okay. So, I mean, it's not just hockey. Like, if I want access to, you know, you name the sport and, and its practice, we don't have access right now. I'm hoping it changes at some point. But right now, yeah, we don't have access to, to Mariucci Arena. This is just the first step. Do you know, five, five do you know the now. trick plays being worked on right now that we're going to see on <laughs> game day? The media will never see it coming. Hey, everything is so secretive. Like, I can't wait until Saturday night just to see who exactly is out on the field, who isn't. I mean, I'm positive right. that, that COVID has impacted the Gopher football team in some capacity. Not to the point of, you know, Florida needing to cancel or postpone its game against LSU or, you know, any number of issues with Baylor or some of these other programs. But I'm positive that COVID has impacted the Gophers. So they're being very secretive. I get it from a competitive standpoint. You don't want to allow Michigan information on who might be out there, who might not be out there. But I'm just telling you, that's something that I'm as interested in this week as anything, just to see who's out on the field on Saturday. So, all right, before we get into some Viking stuff, and you've got some Timberwolves nuggets as we're less than a month away from the NBA draft, and just to set this up, Doogie, you can find his podcast, The Scoop Podcast, great interviews and inside information about your favorite local sports teams, scorenorth.com, Apple, or Spotify, and you can also find Doogie as part of the 5 Eyewitness News sports team. Um, if let, Let's say Tanner Morgan is good to go and Rashad Bateman's good to go. It's such a weird season, and there's no fans in the stands for the most part. And there might be a few fans here and there, but um, so it's it's probably hard to answer this question. But how good do you think the Gophers can be? I mean, do you, do you think they can make a run if if there's a Big Ten title game and if, if everything proceeds forward? How good do you think they can be? They can be really good. I mean, I think the schedule is favorable. I think Saturday will go a long way in determining where they ultimately finish. I mean, when talking about a limited schedule. One game can swing things. This Michigan game is very much a toss-up game. If you can find a way to beat Michigan for the first time here in Minneapolis since 1977, if you can find a way to win on Saturday. That was seven. Yeah, Come on. Yeah, it, it sets up. They've won actually three times in 77 in Ann Arbor, but it's been forever since they've beaten Michigan here in Minneapolis. But if they can find a way to win on Saturday, yeah, Phil, it sets up brilliantly for them to win the Big Ten West to get to what we hope is a Big Ten championship game. And if, if that's the case, boys, the opportunity here to me is absolutely huge because if if you think about this, the Twins are done, the Vikings are just cooked, they're not good, right? The Wolves and Wild, we have no clue. So if golfer f- football is as good as Doogie is saying and that we expect, think about the opportunity here uh, to grab the attention of this town and basically for an extended period of time yeah. – be the only game in town as well. Yeah, I mean, really, like the, the people are going to pay attention to the Vikings, you know, especially sure. with division games coming up. But I think people have they're paying attention more toward what are the Vikings going to do in the wake of this train wreck. And so the Gophers are really they are the relevant team until winter sports decide to play again. Create a ton of excitement. I mean, we saw it in some regards last year, right? I mean, PJ Fleck is now fourteen and three. In his last 17 games, game day was here last November. Think about the excitement, you know, that Penn State game, right? You know, the excitement level heading into that, that week leading into the Iowa game. You know, then, then hey, I remember the TV ratings. I get it. A lot of people are home on New Year's Day. But the TV ratings for the Auburn game 
were very, very impressive. I think the TV ratings on Saturday night here in the Twin Cities will be incredibly impressive. This is very much, you guys know this, this is very much a bandwagon town. So if the Gophers are good, I'm positive there will be a ton of interest in them. Mm -hmm. You think the Vikings are going to make some trades here in the next couple weeks? I don't know if it's plural, Phil. I think they end up making at least one. Like to me, I'd set the over-under at one and a half. Do they go over or under that? But I think they end up moving at least one veteran. I think, you know, they end up losing in Green Bay. So at that point, they're one and six. The trade deadline comes a couple days later. I don't know why the NFL has the trade deadline the same day as Election Day, but that's another topic. So the trade deadline comes on, on November 3rd. Yeah, I think at that point, when you're one and six, you need to be realistic about your chances the rest of the way, even though it's not a real difficult schedule. But they're just not that good. So, yeah, I think they end up making at least one trade. I don't know if it's plural, though, Phil. Yeah, Riley Reef would seem to make some sense, right? I mean, he makes a lot of sense. Yeah, I mean, Tennessee needs a left tackle. Anthony Dallas, Harris makes some sense. Anthony Harris, maybe. I know Stefanski likes him. Some other people in Cleveland like him. Yes. So the Browns, to me, would be a logical fit. They had some interest going back to March. The Giants were the main suitor for Anthony Harris back back in March. I don't know if the Giants hey, would, Doogie, would go down that path right now. The Browns have been playing at safety. Andrew Sandejo at times. <laughs> Okay, so let me just put that out there. Let's see. I make a trade of a draft pick for Anthony Harris, or I continue to play a guy who's a, a cheap shot artist galore, and he's bad. That one's not too tough. They have the cap space. They are going to be a playoff team with the extra playoff spot in each conference. The Browns are going to get, I think, to nine or ten victories. They are going to make the playoffs. They will get the double-digit victories for the first time in 13 years. So, yeah, if you're the Browns, why not go? And it's not even all in, but it would enhance their chances come January. So, yeah, to me, Anthony Harris to Cleveland, I'm with you, Judd. That makes a ton of sense. Doogie, my, uh, my quarterback envy has never been stronger and more aggressive than this week when on Monday Night Football you had mobile young Kyler Murray running circles around a Cowboys team. You've got Tua making his starting debut, uh, not this weekend because they have a bye, but the following weekend for Miami. Joe Burrow, even though the Bengals aren't, aren't really winning games, like Joe Burrow looks like an absolute dude and uh, and a guy that they nailed that pick with. And so, and there's all kinds of other guys, Lamar Jackson, Pat Mahomes from uh, a couple draft class ago. And so, I think Judd and I have kind of moved into the Kirk Cousins is not the guy stage. And I personally don't care about the sunk cost anymore. I'm just my mind has shifted toward what's the solution and 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 can they start working on that solution either via the draft or via trade in some form in 2021. What are your thoughts on the current quarterback situation? And is there anything you can glean from just people you talk to behind the scenes? Well, how about this, Phil? So you say that your angst or hysteria or whatever term you used is, is at an all time high. What if Teddy Bridgewater comes to us bank stadium in a few weeks and just lights up the Vikings? It's going to, it's for sure going to happen. Yeah. Declan will be so happy. He'll start crying. Yeah, so imagine that scenario if Teddy just kicks the Vikings behind in a few weeks. They are doing their homework. I mean, they had multiple scouts in Fargo for the one Trey Lance game. I know that they will scout Justin Fields of Ohio State. The unfortunate thing is I just don't see a path to the Jets winning a game. Like right now, correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong, is it 10 teams have one win or less? So the Vikings are grouped with a bunch of teams. There's been a lot of bad teams so far this year. But the Vikings have a chance. You know, the path that they're on to pick pretty high, but I just don't know how they get all the way up to one. And I just think the Jets, even with Darnold, I think they would have to pass uh, on on making Darnold their long-term guy. They would have to take Trevor Lawrence is, is what I'm getting at. So 
I don't think there's a path to getting Lawrence. I don't think the Jets move off that pick. But yeah, whether it's Fields or Lance, I'm with you, Phil. I think they need to do it. All I can tell you is they're doing their homework on those guys. But they're doing their homework on a lot of guys. I mean, they've scouted a lot of games. They had to scout it at Alabama, Georgia over the weekend. I mean, they've seen Alabama in person now multiple times. They've seen Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh has a couple of really good NFL prospects. They've seen Pittsburgh in person multiple times. So they are getting out and about. They are seeing these games as often as they can. So they are writing diligent scouting reports, but they're doing it in all the guys. But, yeah, I mean, logically speaking, Phil, they need to go quarterback in the first round. They just have to. They don't have a second-round pick. Going back to the Ngakwe trade, they need to go quarterback in the first round. I'm with you. And for a while, I was the ultimate Kirk Cousins apologist. I still think it was the right move. Call me nuts. I still think it no, was the right it move. Was. I don't know if it was the right move to extend it. The original it was, contract. It was the right move to sign him yep. when they signed him yep. initially. Yeah, but at this point, we know what the ceiling is for Cousins. They're not getting to where they want to, so they need to take a quarterback in the first round. Mm-hmm. Dukes, what's your sense of the uh, heat of the seats uh, in Egan of the general manager and the coach? Not for immediate or in-season dismissal, but just as far as the expectation if this continues to go as sideways as it seems to be going right now. I wouldn't dismiss any possibility. I guess I would dismiss the possibility you're right. They're, they're not making a move in season. Mike Zimmer will finish out the season, you know, as long as his health is okay. Rick Spielman isn't getting fired in season. But if they end up 2-14, and 3-13, and 13, I still think they have some winnable games the rest of the way where maybe they end up at five or maybe even six wins. But if it ends up three wins, four wins, two wins, I wouldn't dismiss anything. I mean, remember, it took a while for Zimmer to put pen to paper to sign that contract extension. I still think it was always going to get done, but there was some, there was some animosity there. You know, I mean, you know, if, if, if you talk to some people that, that know Zim and, and his agent, I don't think that was the most pleasant contract negotiation. I'm just saying if, if, if it ends up being really, really bad, you know, the expectations the Wilfs have, even in this atypical crazy year with no OTAs and no mini camps and, and, a weird, you know, training camp and no preseason games, and they have the second youngest roster in the NFC. If it ends up at two or three wins, Judd, I would not dismiss the possibility of some changes happening. Yeah, here's a question of Zim. Reckless speculation. So there's all these reports coming out. I think it was, I think it was a Jane Slater had the quotes from Dallas anonymous Dallas Cowboys players ripping Mike McCarthy and saying the coaching staff is woefully underprepared and they can't make in-game adjustments and like the, the wheels are just off in Dallas right now. How real were the Mike Zimmer to Dallas trade rumors that we that we caught wind of after the Vikings got smoked by the 40? Actually, it might have been even before the playoffs. It was before the Saints started, yeah, right? Um, how real were those? And is that something that could be rekindled if Dallas decides, ooh, this Mike McCarthy thing was a huge mistake? Do I think that Jerry Jones thinks the world of Mike Zimmer? Do I think that Bill Parcells has Jerry Jones's ear and, you know, champions the, the Mike Zimmer cause often with Jerry or did so last December? I do. Do I think Mike Zimmer would love to coach the Dallas Cowboys one day? I do. Do I think the Vikings ever came close to trading Mike Zimmer to Dallas? I don't. So I don't think it ever got it got close. But you connect some logical dots. Yeah, I mean, you know, that's that's home base for Mike. Yeah, I think in an ideal world, if, if there was a way for him to end up coaching the Cowboys, I'd still be surprised if, if they cut the court of McCarthy after one year. Heck, I still think they end up winning that division. Maybe I'm wow. I mean, they're, they're leading, they're leading it right now. The four of us could do that. <laughs> That's saying nothing. I agree, but I just don't know if they cut the cord after 
you know, if they get to the postseason, heck, maybe they even find a way to win a playoff game, right? I just think so much can happen. I just think as I sit here right now on October 21st, I would be surprised if Mike McCarthy is fired after one year. Although, just for fun, let's go down this path. Phil, do the honors. Reckless speculation. If this was not Jerry Jones, Dukes, I would say you're right. There's no way, right? They got this guy. He, he was out uh, for a year in McCarthy. There is no way that, that he's going to get one year and get fired. But it's Jerry Jones, who's absolutely crazy. Um, Dallas's biggest problem, which is being talked about but not enough because uh, Dak is hurt and Zeke is uh, fumbling consistently, their biggest problem, their defense is is generationally awful. Like it is, it's not bad. It's awful. It's historically bad. Let's put the pieces together. Jerry's nuts. He's completely crazy. McCarthy, you know what? We don't know. If Jerry sees enough from what McCarthy is not doing, I think that there is a chance that Jerry would say, "What we really got to have is a guy that can coach some bleeping defense." And you know who can? My guy, Zim, in Minnesota. I'm going to get him. So I'm just saying, like, if you connect the dots of how dysfunctional this whole thing could could be between the Vikings and Cowboys, it's not outlandish. All right, how no, about- it's not. I agree. It's not outlandish. I saw the graphic on Monday Night Football. I didn't realize. I guess I just didn't realize this. The Cowboys haven't been to the conference championship game, the NFC title game, since... I don't know. It's it's been forever. Twenty five like, years. You can, Twenty you can group them with the Lions. Years. <laughs> yes. Like you don't think of them in in that regard, right? With the Lions and, and some of these some of these bottom feeder franchisers. But it's been forever. Yeah, Phil. Is it twenty five years? Mm-hmm. Twenty five years since the Cowboys have been to a conference championship game. So I'm with you, Judd. It is not outlandish. You're right. Their defense stink. They've had some injuries. But yes, if you want to connect some logical dots. I would not dismiss that. I, I think you're you're at least on to something a little bit. How about Zimmer and Anthony Harris for a second round pick? <laughs> or or, <laughs> or do that next or <laughs> they need Riley Reef is who they need. They're okay. down two left tackles. All right, how about all right, let's yeah. Here, yeah. here's what it is. All right, here's what it is. Here's the trade. Anthony Harris and Riley Reef. I don't even know if they have a second round pick. Anthony Harris and Riley Reef for a second round pick and like a late round. So you get that second round pick back. And then after the season's over. If if that doesn't work and they deem that Mike McCarthy's the problem, uh, Mike Zimmer and Kirk Cousins for Dak Prescott in a draft pick, a six round pick. I've just fixed the Vikings. The right to Dak Prescott. Bravo. Reckless speculation. Who the, says the right to no. Dak Prescott? It works out perfect, doesn't it? Uh, we're going to have a new. So we have reckless speculation. I think we need a new weekly segment called "Who Says No?" and Doogie can co can co host it with us. I love it. You know what? I did tweet this the other day, and I saw Jim Suhan picked up on it and ended up writing a column. I don't think he saw my tweet. I just think, you know, some minds think alike. I think you're probably blocked just about, like everybody else. Well, probably. Yeah, I probably <laughs> am. But but think about the trajectory of, of the Vikings franchise. If they end up losing that game in New Orleans, like that playoff win in New Orleans. It's the worst thing ever. It's not like they need to apologize for, for winning that game. But, yeah. like, think about what takes place if they end up losing that game. One and done. Does Zimmer get an extension? Does Speedy no. get an extension? Does Mike's Cousins not back. Cousins does not get an extension. Yeah, I I agree. I'm I'm not convinced that that Mike would have been back. Man, I love this. I think you're right, and and I I do think going into that Saints game, Dukes, I think there were there there were uh, um factions of people there with the with the team who were pulling in different directions. And I think if they go in and lose that game against the Saints, the anti-Zim, he, you know, his his 
message has grown stale faction wins. I really do think that that Saints win, um, as far as progress goes for the future, cost Stefanski the job here and set them back in some ways mightily because we all thought, <laughs> look at that game plan. And, and don't think for one second, too. Zim got, I mean, that game, as far as, as Zim creative game plan goes, was off the charts. Hunter and Griffin are going inside, which we had never seen. It's like, oh my God, what are you doing? This is fantastic, right? I think that game was his opportunity to shove it up a lot of people's you-know-whats, and he did it. But unfortunately, it fooled us, too, because we're like, okay, you can still coach. And then, of course, we got to the San Francisco game, and then this, and it's a disaster. You're right. Stefanski would have been the head coach. Yeah, I'm convinced of that, Judd. If they lose that game in New Orleans, I mean, Kevin was was beloved here. The Wilfs think the world of, of Kevin Stefanski. I just I think Kevin would have been the head coach here. I think Kevin would have preferred to stay here, not uproot the family. I think Kevin would have would have taken the Vikings head coaching job. All right, Duke, let's move into the Timberwolves section of uh, the scoop grab bag here. So we're less than a month away from the NBA draft, and so I know you have some Anthony Edwards team, but uh, you also teased before we took to the microphones here uh, a quote about Gerson Rosas. Yeah, so the Athletic polled a bunch of agents. So let me make that clear. Agents, not general managers or other front office executives or coaches. Agents. But as we well know, agents, especially in that league, have a lot of information. Some of them have incredible power. We've seen some agents move on to front offices, right? Like Bob Myers with the Warriors, Rob Palenka with the Lakers. There are a lot of examples, right? Joe Branch, Wolves assistant general manager, former agent for Karis LeVert. He did Danny Green's contract a couple of years ago. You know, so like almost every front office, I mean, a lot of them at least have, have former agents. So they're good sources for information. So the Athletic polled a bunch of agents anonymously. So it was a little bit easier for them to volunteer some information when their name isn't attached to it. But here is what one agent said about Gerson Rosas. And it was actually, it was, it was piggybacking off something about Daryl Morey, the former Rockets GM. With Rosas and Morey, They are so wired into agenda and media. Anything you say to Gerson, you know it's going to end up on ESPN immediately. And they just don't tell you the truth. Everything is agenda-driven. Very agenda-driven. End quote. I will offer up my commentary, that especially the part about ESPN, 100% spot on. Any big Wolves news, I can promise you. They, well, more likely Rosas, Fed it right to Woj. And hey, credit to Woj. He's got sources galore, right? I mean, that's the beauty of, of the position he's in. But that's that's just that's that's who he's been for a while. What he does doesn't make him a bad guy. I still think he's the right guy to to lead this franchise for, for many years. But that quote, put it this way, that quote surprises me zero. So is that a bad thing that they're that No, they're- I don't think no, it's not actually. No. No, I mean uh, there's always an agenda. I think every front office has some sort Sometimes, of agenda. Because like, I can remember there were times, you know, even even now I think with the Twins, I've been frustrated with the Twins at times where they just like, they never get involved in that game at all. Like they never get involved in, let's float a trial balloon out here. Let's let's try and, you know, let's say something to to catch the attention of Trevor Bauer or, you know, whatever. Like, and I don't know if that's good or bad, but I, I kind of like it. I kind of like that the Wolves are being talked about and that they're that they're that they're thinking like chess players with some of this stuff. I think where some agents are are upset is 
and you can go back to whether Gerson was in Houston or, you know, like last offseason, which seems like forever ago, that the Wolves would inquire about a lot of free agents. But ultimately, just it never got to the point of even extending an offer, coming close to extending an offer. So it was a lot of phone calls and saying, hey, yeah, we do like your guy. And so I think some agents were led on a bit too much thinking, hey, I can land my client with Minnesota. <laughs> you know, so I think that's where some of these agents are coming from. But no, Phil, to your point, no, I don't think it's necessarily a bad thing. And yeah, they should be involved in, in a lot of different things. And they should be talking to a lot of teams. And they are. I mean, as far as I know, they've planted seeds with darn near every team. They are very open-minded to moving off that number one pick. In many ways, they control the draft at 117 and 33. They should be the aggressors, right? They should be the ones, you know, initiating talk. Float out some crazy ideas. Yeah, maybe it's not realistic that Philadelphia trades Ben Simmons right now or Washington trades Bradley Beal or Phoenix trades Devin Booker, but you need to at least inquire. So, yeah, in that regard, not a bad thing for, for the Wolves. So, Dukes, what's your sense of right now if they are making calls, which they clearly are, what's your sense of what they can get? Like, because we, we could talk about names and it's fun, but, like, what's the real sense for that pick of what you could get right now if if that trade was made, let's say, in the next three days? I think a team like New York would move from 8-1 to one and give up a future first. They have some Dallas future first from the Porzingis trade. So I think something like that would be realistic. Do I think Chicago is moving Markkinen to go from 4-1? to one? I don't. You know, would Charlotte give up somebody like, you know, the former Michigan State Spartan Bridges? You know, or would they give up? Somebody floated this idea, I think, on, on the Zach Lowe podcast. You know, would Charlotte give up Terry Rozier and three for James Johnson and one? But if you're the Wolves and, and you have plans to resign Malik Beasley, does Rozier really fit in here? Probably not. But, but I think it's something along those lines. Do I think Atlanta at this point is willing to move John Collins and six to move up to one for the hometown guy Edwards? I don't. And I just I, I don't say that lightly, not to suggest that it couldn't change, but but I'm not just saying that randomly. Like I, I really don't think Atlanta would do that. But do I think Atlanta might give up another piece? You know, they have seven or eight guys, 23 or younger, Herder, you know, Hunter. I mean, they have some guys. Would they give up one of those guys in six to move up to one? I wouldn't dismiss that possibility. I do think New York has genuine interest in LaMelo Ball. I just don't know if I see the the match because, to me, if you're the Wolves, if you're making a deal with Tibbs and the Knicks, I want Mitchell Robinson, and I just don't know if the Knicks are willing to give up Mitchell Robinson. Yeah, Dude, let's go rapid-fire scoops. What else you got in your scoop bag for us? Well, Anthony Edwards, speaking of Edwards, he's going to do something late next week on the 29th, so I guess that would be a week from tomorrow. He's been working out in L.A., so, so the NBA took forever. A lot of league executives are pissed off about this, but they can't bring draft prospects to their facilities. They need to fly to, to, to the guys. They need to undergo all these COVID tests. They need to let the league know exactly what they're doing. There's all these protocols in place that, that have a lot of league executives pissed off and pissed off that it took this long just to get to this point, yeah. you know, four weeks from the draft. Why couldn't this have taken place, you know, a month or two ago? But the belief is that Rosas will hop on an airplane, head to Southern California late next week to at least see Anthony Edwards you know, shoot some buckets, right? He he can't go against anybody, so it's it's one on zero. It's it's there's a lot of rules in place, but the belief is he will head to to Southern California to see Edwards, and presumably while there, he'll see some other guys as well. I just I was told that Anthony Edwards is doing something 
on the 29th. I also had a league executive that I trust tell me that as of now, there isn't this strong belief that the Wolves are in love with Edwards or Ball. There was a Bleacher Report report the other day from Jonathan Wasserman, who does a great job covering the draft, saying that he hears that the Wolves like Obi Toppin, the power forward from Dayton, has some Amari Stoudemire in his game. Do I think there's some truth to that? I do. Do I think the Wolves would take Toppin at one? I don't, but I think that's an interesting name if they move down, if they find a trade partner with Charlotte at three, with Chicago at four, or with Atlanta at six. That is a name to know, Obi Toppin of Dayton. Interesting. Interesting. All right, Dukes, good stuff, man. We'll talk again next week after the Gophers beat Michigan. Thanks, you got Doogie. it. Take it easy, boys. All right, care. That's yeah. our friend Darren Doogie Wolfson from 5 Eyewitness News and the Scoop Podcast, Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com. Inside information about our favorite local sports. We're teams. on to two great things. Zim to the Cowboys. Reckless speculation. And Anthony Harris to the Browns, yes. which absolutely, I mean, on the depth chart, Sandejo is still a starting player for Cleveland, okay? That's not acceptable. Like, he should probably not be in the league at this point, okay? So I think, the, I think you know, what, what do you want out of the next, let's say, five months if you're a Vikings fan? And I think, and some of it is maybe, you know, maybe there's things you can accomplish before the trade deadline. Yep. I think you can get your second round pick back. Yes. And I don't know if it's like a Riley Reef, Anthony Harris. Is yep. is there a tandem there? The the Cowboys off. If the Cowboys still think they can make a push and win the division, and they're built to win now, even with Andy Dalton at quarterback, like they can win the division. Right. With what would they give up for for Riley Reef, a reliable tackle that well, they can plug in? And I'm including a late, including a late round pick to get a second round pick back. Sure. So like I'll put more. Yeah, you in. want one of the? You want a sixth or something? To I'll put more in here. Okay. Sure. That's not a problem for me. Get that second round because, pick back. Because that pick is what's going to help me get up to the Jets pick. Correct. So I'm packaging a second round pick. So I don't, you oh, know, take you, take yourself. I've got one more for you. Oh. I've got the hat trick of Vikings. This hit me. Reckless speculation. When Doogie said that the Vikings had traded their second round pick for this player. You know who's very much tradable? Ngakwe. It's true. He's on the franchise. He's he's on a mm. no. It's not the franchise tag. It's less than that. It's twelve mil. Okay, so I, the, but he's up after that, so he might be gone. I would draw the line with my trades there because here here's why. If you wind up getting the the quarterback of your future, let's say in two thousand twenty one, it's not like baseball where or hockey where all right we drafted our guy and now we need to wait like three years or four. In baseball, sometimes. You draft your guy, and then you wait five years. In the NFL, we're seeing it with the Cardinals. We're seeing it with all kinds of teams. I mean, the Chiefs are already good. It's it's not a long waiting process. I think the Vikings, if if they're strategic here, and Anthony Harris is a guy that you can get something for, and Riley Reef, I would look at who else on the roster do I want to build around for the next five years, and Ngakwe is on that list for me. Okay, so he's, he's young. He's like 25. He's not for me because if Hunter is going to be fine. Pay him both. I'm going to keep Hunter and trade, but but I'm saying, but I'm saying, I'm saying, I think that when it comes to Ngakwe, he at least has to be shopped. Well, if I get the right return, I'm trading him. So this is I'm not giving him away, and we can do a deep dive into this on Purple Daily this week because we are going to do a a, you know like a list of guys they should trade in the next couple weeks. We would never do that. (laughs) That's too reckless. 
It really is. Reckless speculation. But, now we've gone too far. But I would I would identify the positions and then the and yeah. then the players that I am most comfortable allocating tons of money to. Mm-hmm. And then I would look at the other positions and guys that I'm either looking to move or cut or or bring uh you know rookies in. The two safeties, Harrison Smith's a Hall of Famer. If you had to ask me right now, all right, you've got your two safeties that both make, you know, a, co- a combination of like $21 million. You've got Anthony Barr making $14 million to the cap or whatever it is. All right. And then you've got Daniil Hunter and Yannick Ngakwe. Mm-hmm. So those five guys right there, you can keep two. I'm keeping the two pass rushers. And then I'm finding a way to get either get rid of Anthony Barr here's, or get draft picks for some of the other ones. Here's my Ngakwe dilemma. One, he's on the last year of a contract. So... I'm going to have to pay him. Sign him, baby. Two is two is <laughs> that's the guy you signed. The more I see, the less I like. I think he is. I think he he can get to the quarterback. <laughs> um, his ability to stop the run is really almost nil. He doesn't really care about. I it. I can listen to that. And and look, he's actually put perfectly in what I've seen in six games. He is a poor man's Jared Allen. That's fair. Which means he will That's chase fair. the quarterback into the tunnel while, while the guy that the quarterback handed the ball to is fifty yards downfield. Okay, Hunter, he, I absolutely love, and I and, and I, I won't die on this hill. Like this is a discussion we can continue to have, but I think in general the Vikings are paying so much money to like their second best linebacker, their second best safety. Yeah, I hear you. Two safeties in general, and Harrison Smith's been worth it. So don't get me wrong. I just think reassessing where you're allocating your money to. And if you have to overpay a little bit for a somewhat flawed, but really good edge rusher, I'd rather do that than overpay for my second linebacker. So, I hear you. So I hear you worth, worth further discussion for sure. I don't think anyone else is going to be doing this. reckless speculation. We are your home for reckless speculation here. Yeah. Mackie and Judd and purple People in our business. Love this up and down the dial. You find this, don't you? <laughs> The dial. Podcast dial, yeah. You can, you, can, you can have the dial. Sometimes on the YouTube dial. You can have the dial. We'll take YouTube and podcast and do our thing. So, Anyways, uh, if you haven't checked out our Purple Daily podcast, it's seven days a week during the season. Apple, Spotify, scorenorth.com, and also YouTube.com slash Purple Daily Podcast. And the other, we, we started a second YouTube channel that just went over 1,000 subscribers this week. So thank you, guys. YouTube.com slash scorenorthmn. Should we fire it up here? Write this down. Let's do it. Write it down. You like writing things down. Coming up next, write that down predictions and an accountability session. Most sports talking heads make predictions, then hope you forget about how wrong they were. But not Mackie and Judd with Rami. This is the big leagues where we own our terrible predictions. Write this down. And keep track of each other's batting averages. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's Write That Down with Mackie, Judd, and Rami. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Write that down. Yeah, we had another clip that got eaten a couple weeks ago by the audio system the, gremlins. Yeah, what the heck? It's the one from um, find Van out Wilder. How this happened. Yeah. Write it down. You like writing things write down. down. Write that down. Yeah, that's a great one. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Or one of those ones. I don't know. We'll find it. Got to go dig through that movie again, though. I think, it's I, think I like one. dig through that movie like six years ago to find that clip, and now it's gone. It's ridiculous. All that work. So much work. All that work. <laughs> All that dedication to your craft. Spent like a half hour, when you one afternoon ju- six years ago. In, in J class, journalism class, at the U of M, 
one whole day spent on, now you're going to have to go into a movie archive and spend six hours going through films such as Van Wilder. Well, the reality is I probably wasn't paying attention in that journalism class because I was probably playing online poker. But that's, but that's a story for another day. You and gopher football players and hockey players, I'm sure, all doing stuff yeah, that I actually, to do with your class. I had, a, I had a class called Baseball Coaching one time in which I sat next to Ernie Wheelwright and Reese Lloyd. Remember those nice. guys? Oh, yeah. Oh, Reese Lloyd. Lloyd. He came back here as a Viking <laughs> kickoff specialist. Yeah. Longwell was not happy about that, Reece as I recall. Lloyd, man. Yeah, he had a couple of years in the NFL as yeah. a kickoff specialist, right? Yeah. Big leg. Panthers, I think, too. Didn't know where it was going, I don't Ravens, think, but it was a big leg. Yep. Oh, yeah. Write this down. All right, so here's how this works. We are the only sports talk show in America that actually keeps track of our predictions with batting averages and home runs. Three predictions from everybody each week. They must be quantifiable. And we welcome in guest listener predictors every single week. We've got a couple of them. We've got Andrew. we got Woodbury. Larry, we're going to get to you guys here in just a second. If you want to be part of this, if you want to make predictions, we actually have, I think we have an opening next week for sure. Um, And then we have some throughout November and December. So if you want to be part of it, we do have some openings the rest of the year here. If you want to help raise the listener batting average or home run totals, you can just DM me at Phil Mackey on Twitter and, uh, and we'll, we'll find some dates that work for you. And if I don't follow you, that's okay. I can, I have my DMS are open so you can, you can still DM me and rip me or whatever you want to do. (laughs) I get this little navigation screen off. And if you want to see the visual of this every single week, it's on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash scorenorthmn. Let's get to the accountability session. Judd Zolgad. Write this down. Oh, boy. A lot of red here for you. Just two? Batting average leader, Judd Zolgad. Predicted at least one head or assistant coach in the NFL won't work this season because of COVID-19. Would you believe that to this point, no coaches have opted out of the season? No assistant opted out? Mm-mm. Really? And there's been articles written about this. So you, you do a search because I, okay. you know, obviously, like, I did my Funny own search. Funny you should say that because I was doing that. Yeah, also. And, and the, there's a couple articles written about this that apparently there's really nothing. The, the coaches, if a player opts out, they still get paid, like, up to $300,000 salary for sitting out. Yeah, there's And all- then their contract tolls. Yes. Coaches don't have that luxury. So coaches are just coaching because they don't like they can't afford to not coach. So basically, they're not as rich as players. So basically, they're like, "I'm old and I might die, but hey, there's my paycheck." Yeah, every other Friday, it's great. It shows up. So unless I miss something, All right, I, I'll look. I'll look. But yeah, no, that's no sounds, assistant coaches have that explanation is very plausible. You also said the Houston Astros will have no fewer than three bench clearing incidents throughout the oh, course of the season. No! This is the amazing thing. They had one on July 28th. They had one on August 9th. So that you only needed one more. <laughs> all throughout August, all throughout September, and then they went deep into the postseason. And I couldn't find any evidence of a third bench. My guy incident. Rocco did his best to try and cause one by a- allowing the Astros to sweep his team, and he still couldn't help me out. Man. So, yeah, so the it, Astros. Hope for two, I'll take it. They kind of got their comeuppance this year, but not really because they almost went to the World no, Series. No, they didn't at all. Well, they had a couple, like, people threw at him for a while. Oh, well, yeah, but come on. So, oh, for two. They didn't for get Judd. booed, basically? No, not at all. I mean, there were no fans, so they couldn't be booed. Mm-hmm. Let's see. Jonathan Harrison, last year's batting champion. Nothing off the board. Manny Hill said Kenta Maeda will be an all-star in 2020. Well, the all-star game was canceled. I was going to say, he so, might have been right if there had been an all-star yeah, game. A game. maybe. Only the third time in Major League history that they didn't have an all-star game. Good. <laughs> Let's cancel that puppy Good. from now on. Just name the teams. I'm tired of all-star games. Actually, baseball's fine. Baseball's a little Football, bit Football, though. God bless the National Football League. 
Pro Bowl teams will be named. Game will not be played. This is what. Will anyone miss the Pro Bowl? Like, no. Just be On the very God, small, no. very small, to be clear, listen closely, very small list of things that have happened because of COVID that I don't object to, Pro Bowl being canceled <laughs> near the top of that list. Rami had nothing come off the board. Let's get to me here. I had three predictions from last week that all came off the board. I told you guys that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers will combine for at least six touchdown passes in their next matchup. Now, if you're counting pick sixes, they almost got there, but... They only combined for like two. Rodgers had none. I said the Vikings would beat the Falcons, which I thought was a single. It's ridiculous. I did say that Justin Jefferson would bounce back and be targeted at least eight times against the Falcons, and that did be a big game. So Mm -hmm. I went one for three. The listeners, Mark said Jerry Meals will be a will be an umpire in the 2020 <laughs> World Series. <laughs> and it. sure enough, that I think that's a home run, guys. Yes. Yeah. Yes, he's so bad. He's so bad. And yes. there's so many umpires. And so there's only seven on the crew for right. the World Series. It's a home so, run. No, there's no debating it. Jerry Meals. So take a trip around the <laughs> bases. Yeah. Love that. Yep. He, I believe he was down the right field line last night. Good for game Let's one. Keep him as far so away from home plate as possible. Hopefully that rotation won't get him to home plate eventually. And I, I hate to have to bring this one to the show. Yeah, but this is write that down. There are no rules. And Bryce, at some point in the last year and a half or so, Bryce predicted that Sid Hartman will outlive Andrew Wiggins' NBA career. Rest his soul. I would say almost. Andrew Wiggins feels like he's teetering. Maybe another year or two left. He's getting, he's on trade blocks right now. So that's our write that down trivia. <laughs> Golden State for him. That's very we'll dark right we'll now. Move past that real quick. All right, uh, Declan, you predicted that the Falcons would beat the Vikings on Sunday, and they did. Yeah. You, however, said the Rays oh, would sweep God. the Astros. I almost gave it the kiss of death there. Yeah, they did win the series, but they did not complete a sweep. So you went one for two. And that brings us to these updated batting averages. Judd Zolgad, you're still above 400, but you're just hanging on here, Ted Williams. 404 with three home runs on the season. Rami Makhlouf at 393 with one home wow, run. Wow, by not playing. Yeah, he's doing good. Okay. Rami's, Rami's kind of posted a score here. I mean, he's got something yeah. that could come off the board. It's not yet, a bad score, too. It's a very nice score. Yep. Declan Goff at 348 with one home run. Phil Mackey, 286 with three home runs. Listeners at 213 with two bombs, John Harrison 176 with two home runs, and Manny Hill 163 with one home run on the season. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Who's on line six here, Dex? Uh, I be- that is Andrew. Andrew's on line six. Andrew, can you hear us? I can hear you, gentlemen. Awesome, man. Welcome to Write That Down. It's been far too long since we last talked. Are you, <laughs> are you ready to, to let it rip here today? What's your strategy? Uh, well, you know, chicks take the long ball, so I think we're going to try to hit some home runs. Attaboy. Love it. Swing for those fences. You go, Tom Glavin. Woodbury Larry, are you knocking you knocking some dirt off those cleats? A little bit. I'm going to slowly work my way up here. All right, so you're going to square around, and then by the end you're going to be tearing your oblique muscle? Or? He's going to start by tracking. <laughs> He's just going to track some pitches. <laughs> I have it. no first take. I'm tracking. Write this down. All right, so here's how this is going to work. We're going to start with Woodbury Larry, and then we're going to go to Andrew, and then Judd, Declan, and back to me, Phil Mackey, and we'll go around three different times. Woodbury Larry, lead us off. Write this down. All right, right, first off, I think Jerry Meals may be behind the plate for a potential game six if it gets to that point. Stop. Um, 
we've got that to look forward to. Old Jer, and I'm going to take coins. a run at. This is probably I'm probably trying to get on here, probably by about a parallel of catcher's interference. But I'm going to go with Marco Rossi will not only be on the Wilds opening night roster, <laughs> he will still be on the team after meeting the threshold for whenever it is the league decides under twenty under. 20 players can be returned to their junior teams for whatever the prone rated number will be for the shortened season. All right. I'm going to need the hockey guys in the room to translate that prediction for me. There, there comes a time where, because, because a kid like that can't be sent to the wilds affiliate in Iowa, okay. that, that he has to either be returned to his junior team mm-hmm. or stay here. And if he stays here, he makes his salary here. Got it. Okay. So the, it's more expensive. They did the same thing with Dumbo when he debuted in 2013. He played in 13 games, and then they loaned him back to his WHL team, and he was able to play in the World Juniors too. Okay. Yeah. I think you are. I think you're on the right track there, Woodbury. I like that prediction. All right. Layers on. Write the this down, Andrew. All right. Well, Phil, this first one is for you. <laughs> the uh, next announced class of the WWE Hall of Fame. Yes. Will be headlined by the Undertaker. Wow! And to and to make it a home run because that's a single. Yeah. To make it a home run, the inductor will be Charles Wright, aka the Godfather. Wow! Wow! Who is godfather. Charles Wright? The Godfather. He's the Godfather, is, man. Pimping ain't easy. It ain't. Okay. I would love Just, to say what he says to the audience every day. It's but, time for everybody to get, to get on board the. I am as lost right now as you you were with Woodbury's wild prediction on Marco Rossi. Roll up that fatty and... Oh, I love it. Write it down. You like writing things down. I love that prediction. I love when people make wrestling predictions. I have have one today, too. Oh, really? Yep, I do. Interesting. Uh, Judd Zolga, do you have any wrestling predictions? I do not have. I'm sorry about that. Write this down. I don't mean to disappoint. My first uh, write-that-down prediction. The Vikings will indeed make at least one deal before the trade deadline on November 3rd. Okay. The Vikings will make at least one trade before the deadline, Declan, on November 3rd. Okay. It would be very disappointing if they didn't. It would be. Write that down. That might be a bunt. All right, back to Declan. All right. So someone on the Vikings coaching staff will voluntarily step down during the season. I thought you were going to say it would get COVID. Someone on the Vikings coaching staff. Well, it could be COVID related. What do you mean by step down? Like, Quit the team. It's up. It's up for interpretation. We'll step down. Well, wait, but from if they're fu- but if they're fired, that does not count. I'm okay, saying voluntarily. Right. So okay. voluntarily, I'm removing myself from the coaching. So side. it'll be like Gary Kubiak will be like, I'm out. oh, it's just uh, not really working that. for me. Yes, voluntarily step down. If he's fired, that does not count. Okay. What if it's a leave of absence? No, no. Vol- it, it has to be like a volunteer. Like you're done. You're, you're done. You're voluntarily stepping down from your position, and you can't be coming back. Zimmer's kid. Zimmer's kid. I can see Coobs or Adam Zimmer voluntarily we, stepping down. What if he fired giving, his kid? Giving Zimmer's history. <laughs> Adam, yeah, Dad, what's up? You're fired. You're fired. You're, fired. you're grounded. You're, from, you're fired. <laughs> now let's go vote. You're grounded. Oh, boy. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, I'm going to make a gopher prediction here. The gophers, it's it's a parlay here. Okay. The gophers will beat Michigan, and Rashad Bateman will score at least a touchdown. Okay. Right, so, you know, not a home run, but I think the gophers – well, actually, if the Gophers beat Michigan, no, nah, it's not a home run. It's a no, it's not a home run. Okay, if the Gophers beat Michigan and Rashad Bateman scores a touchdown, then I get the point. If you could add one other thing, it can make it a home run, but I like the two parlay. If you want to add one more thing, it's a home run. <laughs> I'm not super sure about them beating Michigan. Okay. I will make a lot of Gophers predictions this season. Love it. We're, we're going to keep it right there. Okay. Write it down. You like writing things down. Woodbury Lair. 
Yeah, I find myself in kind of uncharted territory here alongside Declan because I understood my hockey take and I got the Godfather Ho Train reference. <laughs> that was me who came up short, Woodbury. <laughs> I love that, like, in the late 90s, it was perfectly acceptable on national television to have a pimp character bringing out prostitutes to the ring every single week. Oh, how far we've come in God, society. God bless wrestling. Have you seen Charles Wright on any of the uh, Dark Side of the Ring shows? Yes. He looks he looks better now than he ever has. Yeah. So well. uh, he's, he's He aged well in his pimping career. There's no doubt. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Write dude. this down. Love it, Larry. <laughs> All right. Uh, I'm going to pre- – I don't know. This is maybe a double or so, but um, I'm going to go out on a limb and say Bill Guerin's Locker room enema will roll on as Zach Parisi has played his last game in a Minnesota Wild uniform. Mm, wow. So are you saying Zach Parisi won't be on the roster when the season opens? Is that what you're saying? Kind of a yeah. Little... Yep. Yeah. Yeah. He, okay. That he has played his final last game. game. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. Or that he's going to need an enema. I, I... No, Bill Guerin is doing that like to the entire. Down? He's the, he is the Wild's he proctologist. Is the enema. Yes. I love it. He is the proctologist of the uh, Wild. Spread <laughs> him. All right, back to Andrew, your second prediction. All right, so until you're wrong, society has not come that far in the last 25 <laughs> That's years. That's actually a great point. Considering, <laughs> considering the fact that the city of Seattle is now employing a former pimp and convict as a liaison to the street people. So <laughs> Is it Charles so Wright? <laughs> He's playing for the Kraken. It's Val Venus, actually. <laughs> He's going to play for the Kraken, too. Kraken? <laughs> Val Venus is great. I love how they just took Ravishing Rick Rude's character from the 80s and 90s and just, like, gave Val Venus the same. So Val Venus was an adult film star, Judd, in the WWE in the late 90s. And he would come down to the ring in a towel and usually some scantily clad women as well. And he would get on the microphone and uh, and he would say inappropriate things and use inappropriate innuendo. And you, of course, loved it. Yes. It was amazing. Yeah. <laughs> great. Yeah. Oh. Anyways, all right, back to Andrew. <laughs> all right, so um, my second prediction. So write this down in black pen. Get it notarized. Donald Trump will win the 2020 election with a higher vote uh, electoral college vote count than he did in 2016. Okay. And if you need the reference, he got 304 in 2016. So he'll win almost in a landslide is what you're predicting. He won the last one in a landslide. This one will be a bigger landslide. All right, and then and then and then Judd will be doing a, a show from Toronto the next day. Is uh, that will be, be in happening. Calgary? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. Write it down. You like writing There's things a down? A lot of choices. Love it. All right, back to Judd Zolgan. All right, Justin Jefferson will be the NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Justin Jefferson is going to. I mean, Burrow. Burrow's played well. Uh, enough to probably give him a, a run of some sort just because he's a quarterback. Uh, but I think Justin Jefferson, by the time it's all said and done, especially on a bad team, and he's so good, NFL offensive, rookie of the year. I feel like there's some other wide receivers, too, that are making some noise, but he seems they to be making are. the most noise to this point. Yeah, he's just damn good. CeeDee Lamb's having a pretty good season. Just CeeDee Lamb has like 500 yards receiving. But yeah, but- Claypool. Deadpool, yeah, he's got Dallas is such touchdowns. a train wreck, though. That, mm-hmm. that definitely is going to hurt him, too. Write this down. All right, Declan. All right, I thought about making the same prediction, but I thought, ah, no, I'm not, I'm not going to go with the bunt single. Uh, I'll swing for the fences here. Justin Jefferson will be named to a first or second all-pro team in his rookie season. 
first all pro team would be really first impressive. First or second all pro team. First is a stretch, but sec- second is possible. Second yeah, is possible. I like this. So Justin Jefferson, first or second all pro team after the 2020 season. Okay. Would that be a home run as predicted right now? Would that I think be a home fir- run? I think first is second isn't. Okay. Yeah, the hedge makes it not. Yeah, but that's okay. But the that's first fine. is that'd be huge. Mm-hmm. All right, write this down. Write this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Tua makes his NFL starting debut. I think they have a bye this they weekend, do. and so he makes it in a week and a half against the Rams. And Tua will account for at least three touchdowns in his debut. So he will either have scored a touchdown, carrying the ball, or thrown a touchdown, a combination of three or more times in his debut as a starter. I love the move, and I love that Ryan Fitzpatrick has just totally accepted, yep, and he played great for the first six weeks for yeah. Ryan Fitzpatrick Ryan purposes. Fitzpatrick's the greatest. He comes in, he's cheering Tua on the sidelines, he understands his role, because he's also rich, and you know, <laughs> just like a I think he's just a man. good guy. Yeah, he seems like. He just gets it. Write it down. You like writing things down. All right, final prediction for Woodbury Larry. All right, this one is very personal for me, and if you allow me to indulge, probably my most, the biggest gut punch loss for me in my Minnesota sports fandom, and it is as follows. Uh, 2003, at a awesome surprise trip planned taking the kids to Disney World and with the switch of the Gophers Michigan football game to Friday night that was the night that we flew out so watching the watch the first three quarters in the hotel in the uh, airport bar at MSP after three quarters Gophers are up 28-7 just looking awesome they were right on the cusp of going six and oh and really getting on the map of mm-hmm. the national college football scene and i'm wearing my gophers hoodie and get ready get on the plane and 2003 mind you so there's no in-flight information there's no twitter no uh smartphones nothing oh, like that <laughs> get off the plane in Orlando, and again, I'm wearing my Gophers hoodie, and kind of notice that people are looking at me like, <laughs> "Oh man, this guy," you know, kind of, yeah, kind of look at me, and then they look down, and it's like, "Oh no, what happened?" And uh, yeah, get get in the rental car and find out they lost thirty eight to thirty five. Definitely, oh. uh, f- freshman Phil at the U of M was definitely I remember. having a long night. That night, the only guy not surprised by the meltdown probably me. (laughs) Standing standing in in a a, a Buffalo Wild Wings in Green Bay and watching that epic meltdown, I thought to myself, "Yeah, just go football. (laughs) Pretty much go for football right here." All right, so not that it's going to do anything to diminish that scar that uh, follows me endlessly, but I got the Gophers. Slapping around Michigan by no less than 17 on Saturday. Wow. Whoa. Does Jim Harbaugh get fired the next day if that happens? <laughs> it, that, that wouldn't make it any better for me, to be honest. <laughs> I just, I, I really think, wow. I really think Fleck and like kind of how, how zany he is and his ability ad- to adapt and just kind of make the best of whatever the situation is. I think that's going to bode really well for him and the Gophers this year. Yeah. 
I think the Gophers are sitting on a potential big season here too. It's just such a weird season. It's hard to tell what's going to happen and who's going to react to what. But and keep and and guys being sick could play a huge yeah, role because yeah, sure. we don't know that. Yep. So Woodbury Larry, great prediction. Since you have this gigantic platform right now, is there anyone in your life that you'd like to thank that got you to this point? I'm bitter right now, so no. It's <laughs> <laughs> fair enough. That's fair enough. Love it, Woodbury. Write this down. You never Write let it us down. down. You like writing things down. Go wild, right? Amen. Go wild. <laughs> All right. Bye. Bye, Thanks, Larry. Larry. Back to Andrew. All right. So, for my final prediction, we're going to engage in a little reckless speculation. Okay. Reckless speculation. Thank you for that. So, by the time the 2020-2021 Super Bowl takes place, Score North will be back on broadcast radio, and the Mackie and Judd show will be the feature show. And to make it a home run, if that's not already, and you've been really making me nervous with your talk about Rami the last couple of weeks in Chicago, but Rami will rejoin Score North as part of your show. You want reckless speculation? Reckless speculation. Wow. wow. That, that's a grand slam. Like, that's a walk-off. Also, I mean, like, and, like, we do have some influence over this, too. If we decide, you know what? Yeah, which means we're, we're not gonna, doing it now for sure. We're good, <laughs> we're, we're good on Rami, or we just want to screw Andrew out of a right yeah, that down point. We're not then, doing right, it now. Yeah. This was all planned out. Now it's done. We're not giving you that one. I like the swing. I like, I like the faith in us here. Thought we had something uh, pretty awesome brewing, and then COVID, COVID hit, so we appreciate your faith. And since you have this platform now, Andrew, would you like to thank anyone in your life that got you to this point? Oh, I have two, two to thank. Um, I've been in Minnesota for 28 years, and a little more than half my life. So I'm not a Minnesota sports fan. But I want to thank the two people that made Minnesota sports and paying attention to sports in this town fun for the last 28 years. So the first is my Lord and Savior, Patrick Royce. <laughs> and, the, and the second is the other half of that, because if you have a Lord and Savior, you've got to have a Satan. And the Satan would be Judd Zolga. Oh, <laughs> well, thank you. It's not been 28 years, but I appreciate that. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, Andrew, we appreciate it. Great predictions. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll do it again with you sometime, all right? Thanks, Andrew. Thanks, right, Andrew. Thanks, guys. All right, we'll say bye to Larry and Andrew. Great for Write this right. down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Yeah. I don't know. We're kind of digging this podcast YouTube thing, right? Yeah, you too. Oh. Let's see. As a Satan. I can see Sign it. of the beast. Just, just hate listening to you for years is what he's doing. <laughs> All right. From a very dark room. Judd's final prediction of the week here. Write that down. The New York Jets will finish with at least two wins this season. So people yeah, are convinced they're going to go 0-16. People are convinced. I don't see a winnable game now. Come on. It's a weird year, right? Yeah, right. They're going to fire Gates. They're going to stumble into at least two wins. This is going to become, for, for the teams that truly stink, this is going to become an intriguing race for that pick. Yeah, the Jets are definitely going to get the number one pick. I don't think they're going 0-16. I don't either. Mm-hmm. Write awful. this down. Write it down. You like writing things down. Declan Goff. All right, my final one is a wrestling prediction. AJ Lee, the former women's champion and Divas champion. Otherwise known as CM Punk's CM wife. CM Punk's wife, yes. She is married to CM Punk. Um, I don't know what her real name is. 
But she will return to WWE within the next three months. What? AJ Lee will return to the WWE within the last... I've, I've seen... I get a lot of... On my Facebook aggregated news, it's like two things. It's Puma apparel, for whatever reason, because I do, I do like Puma, and WWE blogger news. And there's a lot of blogging speculation that AJ Lee could be coming back to the WWE. Well, I thought that whole family just had like an irreparable falling out with WWE and eight years ago. There's definitely that exists, but I, I think AJ Lee, who's still only like 31 years old, like she's still super young. Okay. I think she's going to make a comeback to WWE in the next three months. Is CM Punk going to make a comeback? I don't think so. Because he like, didn't he do something with, with backstage Fox. and yeah. Fox? Um, he, I think he's he more might. likely to go AEW than he would yes. WWE. But I think AJ Lee will join the women's division. Shake things up a little bit. That's the best thing the WWE have going for them right now. So, so you're saying by January 21st? Yes. Okay. Actually, can I amend that? By the next Royal Rumble. Okay. By the next Royal Rumble. So by the by the end, end of the of next Royal, Royal Rumble. Rumble. Yep. Okay. That's fair. <laughs> Thank you for the Judd, January. what did we just say? You might as well have been speaking <laughs> in French. <laughs> I have no idea. It was Peanuts cartoon like By the way, by the way, as a youngster in in my twenties, when the now wife would get upset with me, I would do that. Nothing infuriated her more than that. So she she'd be like, Judge, you know what? And I and I'd go, That's shame. I now Don Don, I'm now sorry. I was a jerk back then. The, be- the best uh, sort of like very husband on the defense story that I've ever heard is when Patrick Royce oh. and his wife were in an argument and Pat said, oh, no, Katie, you're acting like a and then he used a four letter word that you. Oh, God, the four letter word. I thought you, you should never beat. use. And it's like, like the worst four letter word you can ever call a woman. Yeah, you don't use. I've never mm-hmm. do that. Katie, you're acting like a bleep. And she said, what did you just call me? And he said, I didn't say you were a bleep. I said you're acting like a bleep. That is going over a line from which I would never recover. It's surprising to me that you would be acting in such a way because I know that you're not a bleep. You're just acting like a bleep. One of the, the way. One, one of the greatest tactical mistakes of all time, followed by one of the greatest uh, back backing it up. I know to try this isn't actually you. Undo it. Yeah. Backtracking. God, dude. Write it down. You like writing things down. It's amazing. Write this down. All right. Write this down. Final prediction. So we're going to do our pigskin pecking order on Purple Daily today. And I haven't decided what I'm going to do with the Bears quite yet. But I know enough about the Bears. They're 5-1. and one. They win ugly all the time. And every good season they've ever had has been the same thing where it's like, I don't know if the quarterback's good, but their defense <laughs> is awesome. I've seen enough of the Bears. I don't know if they are the fifth best team in the NFL or the 15th best team, but I do know that this Bears team will beat the Vikings twice this season, and the Vikings won't score 20 points or more in either of those games. This Bears defense. So in, look what, look in what the individual games, though. In the individual okay. games, the Vikings so you're not saying combined. will score 19 points or fewer gotcha. in each of the games, gotcha. and they will lose twice to the Chicago Bears. Well, the Bears, that, yeah, their defense is back to being damn good again. Yeah, I mean, they made Tom Brady look bad. It's just what is Khalil Mack going to do to the majority of the Vikings' offensive line? That's what I'm thinking. Yeah, oh, I mean, God. imagine him. Like, against, he's literally going to take man. people and like throw them That's into bad. the stands. Oof. Yeah, it's like there. There might there might as well just be like three clown targets in the interior part of the defensive line <laughs> for Khalil Mack. I think I think in the, the Bears game on Sunday, I believe that there was a clip where Khalil Mack threw a guard into the quarterback for a sack. Yeah, that's for sure going to happen against the Vikings. Yeah. 
So just Ezra Cleveland is going to gonna stack up. Cousins. Yes. Via Kalor Or Drew Samia is back or something. I love how in that clip, too. Don't, don't do that. Ezra Cleveland's no. like, when's the last time you played guard? Ah, probably high school. It's just like, oh, okay. Yeah, cool. That's a guy right. who hasn't yeah. played a position and it's the in, wrong guard. in eight years. Yeah, he's Could on the other good. side. That, that soundbite, let's play this one more time. He's For sure. This soundbite, he's basically saying, like, oh, it's not that much different. But then list, listen to all the things that are different. The only thing that's different is the timing and um, a little bit of the fo- uh, a little bit of the footwork, and uh, you're on another side of a double team. Side. So That's what I said. It's a little different. Uh, you have to have fast reactions on the inside because, like I said, the people Quicker are closer. Reactions. But like you said, I've been I've been passing there for a while and trying to take everything in stride and get better every day. He literally, and it's not his fault. Like he literally lists. He's, he's like, it's not that much different. Then he goes on to list like the five reasons why it's different. Well, <laughs> and in training camp, you played left guard. Yeah, like it. It is like it is like me oh. handing you a pen. And telling you spend the entire day, and I'll give you a week. But at the end of the week, you better be able to write left-handed really well. Like, there's no way. Have fun, and and, uh, and now you're going to face uh, elite interior if, defensive linemen. If Drew okay. if Drew Samia plays starts at right guard against the Bears here, okay, I am going to call the cops and have Zimmer arrested because that would be like you you would be out. To get Kirk Cousins killed, yeah. he's endangering his offensive linemen. I don't know I what the charge is. I don't care. the The county attorney can sort that out, but it's a arrestable offense if you play Drew Smith. It's, it's, it's like leaving your kid in a hot car with the windows yes. up or something. Like, what are you doing? Khalil Mack will carry Samia to the goalposts and literally throw <laughs> him onto the goalpost, and he will hang there the entire game. <laughs> It'll be like that. From uh, his jersey, to be clear. Forrest Whitaker's football character in Fast Times at Ridgemont High, or he's just like frothing at the mouth. Yes. Yeah. I think that's the right movie. Um, anyways. <laughs> he's great. I love Forrest Whitaker. That is, write that down, and an accountability session. The only show in the country that keeps track of our predictions with batting averages and home runs. <laughs> Patrick Royce. What's on your mind today? Could be a mismatch, as I feared. Dodgers are pretty good. <laughs> They're yeah. a good baseball team. Clayton Kershaw got into a little trouble early, and then he and then he. Okay, can we talk about Clayton Kershaw's hat for a second? Does he just wear the same hat? Did you guys see so. it? He, yes. He's got the dirty hat, and, and I think the answer is yes. And usually they give they give everyone a new hat for the World Series, and they put the World <laughs> Series patch on. And he said, "No, I want this ratty, sweated out hat. And if you could just put the patch on that, it would be great." <laughs> Makes him uh, makes him a man of the people. Uh, you know what helped him out a lot in the first inning? Laz gave him about four pitches right off the bat that, uh, you know, try that Tampa could have gotten something going there. Uh, there was one pitch that had to be eight inches outside that he called a strike and uh, got somebody in bad shape. And uh, that that kind of got him. And then he, once, he, once he got a couple of good innings under his belt, he was pretty dang good. And, uh, you know, they... They could not hold down that lineup, and uh, I, if, if they start swinging the bats, you know, Mookie's a pretty dang good player, isn't he? <laughs> oh my God, yes! Always oh, fun to watch. <laughs> God, he's good. Yeah, I don't Bellinger's damn good oh. too. I mean, he's yeah, fun to watch when too. He's hot when he's hot. Yeah, man, that's a that's about as big a finish on a swing as I've ever seen of him. When he uh, when he takes that full cut and his finish. Whoop, Man, he finishes high, and uh, she she has a tendency to go away too. But uh, that's a that's a really good team. The shortstop's great, and uh, uh, I don't you know that that they're not they're not the greatest in the field. Uh, you know, Turner's 
mediocre and uh and some of the Muncie's not that much in the field but they are uh they are a hell of a lineup and uh they have enough pitching uh what is something wrong with Walker Walker Bueller I know he said blister Blisters. issues oh okay because they say they're gonna talk the uh you know he's uh you know they they haven't even broken him out they're not gonna break him out till game three right they're gonna pitch the uh yes that the, the Mexican kid who they, for some reason, they, he became sort of their Kenta Maeda. They don't really let him, you know, he pitches great, and they always hook him after five and a third or four and a third, and they don't give him starts. And they, I think that kid's really good, too. But uh, that's a good club. There's no doubt about it. Hey, Royce, can we not find an umpire crew that that um, that for that a World Series does not Bill. does not include does not include Laz Diaz in Game One, like you just said, behind the plate, and yes, Jerry Meals. Like I, I don't yeah, understand. I think, don't get it. I think, I think Jerry's got her tonight. I think Jerry. He was in the outfield I, last I, night. I, really? Oh, okay. So we won't get him till game six then, or so game five. <laughs> yeah, just in the perfect timing if it's a long series. Well, I saw the listing of them, and I thought maybe they were listing them in the order that they were uh, up there on the plate because they didn't start off with the crew chief. But uh, I don't know. They, is, is there that few good ones? I, <laughs> is there that few that aren't any good? I, I, I mean, I, it's amazing. The Jerry Meals. He, you know what? I'm getting the impression maybe Jerry's retiring. Good. Oh, yeah. Give him one last you know, little go around in the World Series. Yeah, I mean that's what Good. they've done with. Uh, that's what they've done with uh, other guys. You know, they're not giving Joe. You notice they don't have Joe West with the crew because Joe won't tell him he's retiring. <laughs> so they'd love Joe to tell him he's retiring, and then they try to him up part of the last uh, last room. But they've they've been known to do that. Give the guy the send off if he promises All to right. quit. And af- after the year Jerry had, uh, they should uh, probably be hoping he is. Maybe he is. I don't know. Yeah. I don't. Pat, what do you think? But, the, what do you think the Twins are going to do this offseason? Boy, I think you know. I don't think decisions. I guess you got to make the decisions on the normal time as far as. Uh, uh, the more I think about it, I don't think they're going to. Uh, I think they're going to let Eddie go. Don't you? I don't think that they're going to uh, tender Eddie. I don't think I, yeah. they're going to want to pay. I don't think they're going to pay Eddie eighteen million. I don't I, think he's going to be on the team, and then it just depends. Like, would someone trade for him? Probably not. Yeah, I think I think he might end up getting non-tendered. And uh, but how do you make your decisions if you're going to if there's the possibility that you're going to play the full schedule, but you won't have fans till July or something? I mean, how do you set? How do you set what you're going to pay people? It's uh, it, it's the great unknown, and the and the union proved last year that they won't uh, give in on you know they want to get paid their full salaries depending on the number of games they played. So uh, you know if they play 162 games, they're going to want to get all their money. Yes. So I, you think maybe this is the winter to uh, just uh, just Get your new deal done, right? Or, or can't that happen? I mean, I I, I got a hunch that uh, we won't be in Florida in uh, March, in February and March. I got a hunch that uh, that it's going to end up being a battle because the the owners are going to try to get back some of that money, and that they lost this year, and that they might lose next year. And I, I got a hunch that uh, 
owner, this this certainly would be the uh, time to uh, get into your battle, right? Because uh, there's you know no money to be made anyway. Get it done with now. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It'll it'll be interesting to see. It's it's such an unknown that I don't know they could not what kind of plans could they make. I know one thing: they aren't going to have a hundred forty million dollar payroll again. Expanded playoffs, Patrick. They are here to stay. Rob yeah, said last I, night. I was glad to say the idiot. I was glad to see the idiot didn't say sixteen. No, he threw out fourteen. Yep. I would think the the. Uh, uh, yeah, it's, I think I think it's fourteen. I think it's going to be fourteen, and I, and I would do it differently with fourteen than he. Like it sounds like he wants to give the team with the best record a buy, and then everybody else has to play, or whatever the math would be on that. I would actually just have a wild card playoff week and just make it exciting, make it an exciting mini tournament. Well, what would you do? Who, so, who would survive? So, so here's what I would do. I would have so I'd have the seven playoff teams in each league, right? So let's focus on the seven. You have the three division winners; they are automatically into the LDS round. And then even the, if you're even if you're got even if the third division winner has got a lot less wins than the uh, you know the number one wild card. Yep, okay. because because this is what I would do. I would take the four wild card teams, and I would have them play in a. In an NCAA super regional type format. <laughs> so here's what I would do. I would say, so this is how you protect division winners. Give them a, a pass to the LDS, and then you protect like a 100 win wild card team. You have a four team tournament, a wild card tournament, and the high seed has to win once. The low seed has to win twice in order to advance to the next round. And then the same thing for the for the finals of the wild card tournament. It'll be a, it'd be a fun little like five or six day. Thing it would allow the LDS teams to reset their pitching staffs and uh, have a scrimmage or a workout or whatever they want to do, and it would just be a fun week. That's what I would do. I'm kind of on an island though. I hope nobody's listening to this that's in the law enforcement because they might come over to your place and search for marijuana. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, are we going well, to fight about the wild card again eight no, years no, later? Not- no, nothing's uh, nothing's <laughs> off the table with baseball right now, and I guess you can't blame them when they're uh, But you know, I I guess that I don't know. You you I did like to see that Manfred actually says maybe we shouldn't completely devalue the regular season. Yeah, which is what what he's doing now. But. Uh, you know, so anything that can place more value on the regular season, I'm in favor of. You know what I wouldn't mind seeing? Bigger divisions. Uh, I would like. I don't think we need three five team divisions. I I think uh, we. I don't know. You end up having an uneven number in the divisions, and if you only had two, but uh, we got to get away from this imbalanced schedule. Playing Cleveland 19 times is ridiculous. Yeah, but, uh, I, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah, I mean the. Uh, I I really think that the big picture here in the next two three years is going to be geographical realignment, and uh, the old lines of the American League and the National League are going to be wiped out. Not by the middle of the next decade. By the middle of this decade, you're going to have. You're probably going to have two more teams, and you're going to have a completely different alignment. So yeah, you're right. Yep. So well. 
um, Pat, we will ca- we'll catch up with you again on Friday, and uh, your homework assignment is to bring us Vikings trade ideas. We're leading off up on the Friday. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we're off. We're off on Friday actually. So you can talk to Declan if you want about those trade ideas. <laughs> what is the uh, What is the uh, trade deadline? It's in two weeks, right? It's election day. Yeah, it's election day. <laughs> It, it it's a Tuesday, so that's why it's uh, the, the day that, that the league is off. So that that's why it's still on election day. Oh, all right. Well, I don't. I think uh, we're not we're not trying to lose for Trevor now because we can't lose enough to get him. I don't think. Yeah, but, you got to try. I don't know about but, that, Pat. Uh, it's only one win so far. I I really will like the look on Spielman's face. When he's got a new quarterback and he's taking a $40 million cap hit on Kirk Cousins, it's going to be wonderful. Yes, it will Unbelievable. be. Unbelievable. And your cap's down $20 million. You know, <laughs> this could be the start of a disaster, boys. This could be this, you know, they've oh, had don't. these little, they've had we these don't. little periodic one or two year blips, you yep. know, but this could be, you know, this could be, we're going to be looking up the hiney of the Detroit Lions for five Oof. years. Yeah, I don't think it's going to be five years. Not if if you do this right, I think the pain can go pretty quickly. Well, football's a weird sport. I think the first thing, as I said yesterday, we got to get rid of a guy who values uh, quality of draft choice. You know what we need, Patrick? From you, starting now, more positivity. That's what we're going to need. No, we're going to need more quality. Less quantity when we're drafting. <laughs> quantity is not the answer. You're awfully negative. Oh, you're I so. <laughs> Vikings future bright. Scorenorth.com. Oh, that's that's what I'm writing. Now that I'm, now that I'm the sage of Minnesota yes. sports writing, I have an obligation to kiss ass. <laughs> I'm just saying, starting today, Twins future looks okay. incredibly bright. That's, uh, that's, that's a good idea. That's right. Pat, you that's, should you should you should pick, geniuses too. You, you should pick Just right up where Sid left off and uh, and try and you know rekindle some of these great relationships with the Gophers Damn, and the Vikings. Bring back Jots with dots. <laughs> By God, boys, I got to write eighteen inches on Sunday. There's an old to Sid. You guys might have just given me the idea without <laughs> saying it. <laughs> the last line could be. See you later, Sid. Yep. Yep. You can write. You can't replace Everson Griffin, Daniil Hunter, Michael yeah, Pierce, right. Xavier. How are they supposed to win? How are they supposed to? Right. You tell us. That's right. All right. Hey, I've been looking for an idea. You might have just given it to me. There it is. We, are, we, we do offer some value. Well, right, talk see, to you. see you, Pat. Bye. Goodbye. All right. That is Patrick Ricey now. He's the he's the godfather now. I just he's got to be more positive torch, now. Man. It's, it's time to be more positive. It's what the people want from him. <laughs> the people need it. Yep. All right, that's a wrap on this episode <laughs> of Mackie and Judd. Be sure to check out our daily Vikings conversations on Purple Daily, Apple, Spotify, and scorenorth.com plus youtube.com slash purple daily podcast. You guys. Whether it's Baker's Simple Truth Turkey or Mac and Cheese with Murray's English Cheddar or pie made with fresh cosmic crisp apples. There are many dishes we look forward to sharing during the holidays. And Baker's has all the fresh ingredients you need to turn today's holidays into tomorrow's memories. Baker's, fresh for everyone. Get more ways to save at the Buy 5 or More Save $1 each sale. Just buy five or more participating items and save a dollar each with card. Baker's, fresh for everyone.